So we're now moving into the third podcast, uh, sorry, third episode of this podcast, which has taken us from around about 1972, 73, up to, up to uh, well, the next junction, the next point part of life. And I'm going to probably just deal with two years in this podcast because it's quite a difficult podcast to make and also it was quite a difficult time in life uh, for me at the time. So uh, in 1973 I was 11 years old and um, I was just going to St Margaret's Grammar School. I passed my 11 plus and I was also in the catchment area uh, for this particular grammar school. So I went there. Um, we we kind of weren't that well off at all, uh, especially compared to a lot of the parents who would send their kids there, uh, often from more um, expensive areas of the city. Uh, but we were actually in the catchment area, so we actually got there partly on that on those grounds. Also, Father Annis, which was my um, priest stroke vicar um, at the time, uh, had given us a recommendation, um, you know, a, a reference, if you like, um, which uh, used to sway to some extent because these were church schools. So uh, there was some degree of sway there. But it was evident right from the beginning that in terms of... Um, in terms of this new school, there was an awful lot of kids who were came from families who were quite well off in the better parts of of Liverpool. So it was interesting because I tended to kind of gravitate towards the people who weren't, the people who'd come in largely because they lived in the area, and um, and you know without necessarily the kind of resources that other families had just seemed a natural gravitation in many respects. They also seemed nicer people and more real in many ways. So um, I developed a few good mates um, fairly early on, some of whom I'd known, uh, some people I'd known from junior school, a couple of them, but not particularly friends of mine, um, as opposed to a couple of people who I did develop as friends. And indeed, um, well, one in particular who's still a friend uh, today. Um, and in fact, I was my best man in my second wedding. So at that time, I suppose, formulating friendships and relationships, and it was a very new time, very strange time for me. And it also became a really difficult time in life because um, the end of um, 1973, beginning of 74, um, what actually happened is my nan, my mum's mother, my nan who lived with us right from when I was born, um, died. Uh, she died, I think, and I have to say, I think it was the end of 73. It could have even been the beginning of 74 because my memory for that, again, is slightly fading. Uh, but she died around that period of time which was difficult, but not massively influential, strangely, uh, in my life, because there'd always been a lot of tension in the house between my nan and my mum, mainly over my dad, because um, 
my nan never really got on with my dad um, and um, was a bit resentful, I think, in many respects of my mum and dad's marriage, etc. So, you know, there was always a degree of tension there. So I remember my nan dying and I remember um, not going to the funeral because my mum thought I was too young for that. But my mum absolutely breaking up, uh, understandably so. She was an only child and um, she'd lost her dad in the Blitz in 1941. Uh, he was killed uh, in the middle of the Blitz. Um, so in actual fact, um, for her, obviously it was a huge wrench. She'd lived with her mother her whole life, both as a young child, but also into her adult life and even into her married life. Um, my mother then also, um, early, early 1974, uh, had a quite serious condition that required her to have a hysterectomy. And uh, she actually, apparently, as we found out from the medical people, died on the operating table and was brought back to life again. So she had uh, quite a bad reaction to the anaesthetic and actually did pass away and was brought back to life. Um, she then uh, came back home. Everything was reasonably getting back to normal. Um, and my kind of interests had started to develop in the musical sphere. Uh, I'd or always played a musical instrument. Even at junior school, I'd played a violin. And then um, I gave that up for the oboe. Uh, in junior school, started playing the oboe and then I'd gone off with glandular fever for quite a long period of time. Uh, and in that time, someone else took up the oboe and there was only one oboe in the school. So when I came back, uh, I couldn't play the oboe anymore because there wasn't one for me to play. Um, and the only instrument that was available was the double bass, um, which was massive compared to me, obviously, as, a, as then it was a 10-year-old when that um when that came about but i took up the double bass and when i went to a senior school um i was one of two people both of whom were in that first year who played the double bass the school had several orchestras had a junior orchestra a middle school orchestra and a sixth form orchestra and because there was only two of us who played the double bass in the whole school and they needed a bass player and no one else wanted to do it, they ended up letting me and this other lad, Mark Wilson, um, audition to play in the senior orchestra, the sixth form orchestra. And I won the audition, which meant that I ended up playing in the sixth form orchestra. But by the time I was um, 12 years old, um, which was uh, 1974, I was not only playing in the school senior orchestra or sixth form orchestra, but I'd also um, joined the Liverpool Schools Philharmonic Orchestra uh, and I was the well one of the bass players in that orchestra as well. So I started playing uh, around places like the Cathedral, St George's Hall, uh, both cathedrals, um, and actually, you know, different concerts and stuff all over the place. So that was uh, an interesting time and whatever. And in fact, my audition for the 
Liverpool School's Philharmonic Orchestra was in September, August, September of um, of 1974, probably late August actually, and it was the day my dad was going in for uh, some exploratory work, um, uh, which he sub which subsequently turned out to be terminal cancer. Um, my dad was had suffered from cancer back in the 1950s. Uh, he had had remission and used to go every year to um, be looked at and be sorted, be seen to make sure it hadn't returned, etc. And um, we don't quite know what happened because he claims he didn't go that, that year, 1974. Um, we think, I think, that perhaps he did because a, a number of things had happened earlier on in the year. Um, he'd, he'd bought things like a freezer which we were one of the first people to have a freezer who I knew. Um, he decided to have central heating put in the house and he'd done some repairs to the roof and various other bits and pieces. Very unusual for such a lot of work to have been done and for such a lot of money to have been spent at that point in time. Um, he also told me where, um, where there was a, a loose floorboard under the stairs and um, the fact that there were two metal boxes in there uh, with money and various other things in and also that in the loft there were his actual accounts because of course um, most self-employed people as I learned quite quickly as a young guy um, don't just have one set of accounts they have one set for the tax man and another set which are the real accounts which no one really knows about so uh, he told me all this stuff and, and he said don't bother your mother with it he just wanted want you to know about it so when uh, he went in hospital um, in 1974 um, that was the not the last time I saw him because I saw him in hospital uh, just before he died but he was in hospital for about 6 or 7 weeks and uh, died in October of that year so that was a tough tough time to get through um, going back to school after a, a couple of weeks off um, was was not you know was difficult um, and my mum then had a nervous breakdown which actually lasted for over 12 months um, maybe a little bit more about 18 months or so and when I say nervous breakdown I mean totally out of it so that she was functioning purely on masses of Librium. And um, I ended up actually changing quite... I mean, it actually was was terrible time, but actually also kind of made me, in many respects, the person that I became because I had to very quickly learn how to shop, cook, clean, and all those other things that you have to do uh, in a household really quite quickly at that point in time so uh yeah so it kind of developed me really quickly because before that basically my mother had just done everything for me and then she just wasn't able to of course the the difficulty in all that was that um as i was as i was going through this period of course i was a teenager i was 12 and a half when my dad died 
and um, into my thirteenth year, I then uh, started to do what teenagers do and started. I'd already actually tried smoking, but I started nicking ciggies and you know robbing stuff and doing shoplifting and uh, smoking and smoking dope for the first time at thirteen as well, um, and all those kind of things that. I suppose teenagers just do and of course staying out late and starting to like rob booze and drink booze and stuff and uh, you know all that kind of stuff uh, so I started doing all of that not detrimentally to the household because I was always back doing you know looking after stuff at home but I would stay out later and and you know see my mates more and that um, and sag off school a bit and all this uh, started to do all of that and, you know, it was kind of a really weird time, but my mum then, after 18 months, when I was about 14, she came back out of that nervous breakdown, and all of a sudden, of course, she wanted to reinstate the normality of the rules of the household which had been there before, i.e., you know, bedtimes and uh, coming in earlier of, a, earlier of a night and not going out on a Sunday night so that you were fresh for Monday morning and all those kind of things that she hadn't enforced for 18 months because she wasn't able to. Um, and, of course, I rebelled massively against that and became much worse. I was a nightmare teenager from that point onwards. Dropped out the orchestra, dropped out this church choir anyway. I'd already done that. Uh, and started to just basically be a scally, I suppose is the answer. Got um, got pulled in school with an air pistol, got pulled in school with a knife, uh, a kosh with a lead ball on the end, um, all kinds of stuff. Was pulled for fighting um, and all that kind of stuff went on at that period of time. It was quite a, um, yeah, it was quite a difficult period of time, I suppose, when I look back on it. But equally, um, it was just what you did. It was just getting on with life in general basically and um, as I said the school was interesting because of course it was quite a posh school but me and particularly my mate Tomo who was one of my best mates in school um, weren't particularly um, posh at all we weren't posh at all and, uh, and I'll come back to Tomo later because he ended up in prison for murder um, I think probably that he didn't do and maybe we'll come back to that story later on um, but uh, we were kind of seen as a bit of the outsiders but equally we started to develop I suppose some what I'd call core politics then uh, at that period of time and maybe I'll come on to that in the next episode just so as not to run this one on for too long and um, yeah we'll come to it then eh